Yo, what up, everybody? You are on the air with The Greatest Show on Dirt. I am your host, Quentin, coming to you live from the world-renowned, world-famous Sweet Bee Studios. It is the Sistine Chapel of Baseball Podcast Studios. You don't even know what you're getting yourself into this morning. I am Quentin. Let's talk a little bit of baseball, first and foremost, if you're listening to this on your way to work. Don't be afraid to pull a U-turn. Take your butt right back home. Get in front of the TV and watch some baseball. The trade deadline's coming up. We've got some pennant races starting to sort of, like, you know, unfold as far as, like, you know, getting to the playoffs and the wild card and stuff like that. And, you know, some people may have missed me because I've been gone for a couple weeks. You know, just so you know, I didn't get arrested. I wasn't put in jail, right? I'm a free man. You know what I mean? I know I sort of get like this like Snoop Doggy Dog aura about myself. Like, what's Quentin doing, man? He's like on the air and off the air, you know? Is he the Justin Timberlake of podcasts because he only comes out with an episode, you know, every so often? First of all, the answer is I might be the Justin Timberlake of baseball podcast. I'm not 100% sure. I let the fans speak for themselves and they tell me what they want to hear. Second of all, no, I didn't go to jail. Would I be cool with going to jail? Listen, I feel like a lot of like stars, like if you go to jail, you get a certain amount of street cred and then like you get to go back out of jail, right? And always when you get thrown in jail, what I always envy about people that go to jail is one, the free lunch, I think. But, you know, I have watched Half-Bake, and there are gentlemen in there that might want your fruit cocktail. And that's 100% is why I would maybe not want to go to jail. But I was always envious of guys who go to jail because they would get, like, a free whatever their name shirt is. Like, free Meek Mill. You know what I mean? Or, like, free Snoop Dogg when he was in his murder trial in 1992. You know, it was Calvin Brodus. That is his real name. And, like, could you imagine if people had T-shirts with me on it and it was, like, yo, free Quentin? Like, I would feel so overwhelmed with emotion in that moment like me wearing an ankle bracelet or having a felony for the rest of my life would mean nothing if I knew people out there loved me and they were wearing free Quentin t-shirts you know like go on a hunger strike for me you know pick it for me mourn me because I'm lost from your everyday life I would love for that sort of thing you know free Quentin but hey I'm back and it's been two long weeks and we're gonna talk a little bit of baseball man I hope I have my volume levels turned up loud enough it's, I've already went two minutes and 22 seconds, and I don't remember what I just said. So it's way too late to try to edit this stuff because I'm a writer. I'm not like a, a, an audio editor, you understand? But let's get into some first topics, man. There's been so much to go on, dude. So listen to this, man. A few days ago, um, the Cardinals, they were really beating the crap out of the Pirates 11-4, to 4, right? I'm like, yeah, dude, they were slaughtering him, man. And Yairo Munoz, man, he's a, he's a young guy they've got, you know. He played in the league last year, so he's a young guy, right? And he ends up being on first base, so he's on first base. Yairo Munoz is on first base, and... And he's a St. Louis Cardinal, okay? So he's on first base, and the Cardinals are leading 11-4, to 4, and nobody's holding him on first base, so he steals second base. And the Pirates announcers are like, oh, we don't like that. That's one of baseball's unwritten rules. You've got a seven-run lead. Yeah, my math is good. Airtight math. <laughs> Shut up, man. Don't you make fun of me on the other end of this. I hear you in your car laughing at me, man. 11 minus 4 is 7, bro. But, you know, um, yeah. I can barely work a microwave, so shove it. And uh, so the Pirates announcer, man, he's like, uh, dude, we don't like that, man. You can't just, it's a seven-run lead. Why are you stealing bases? Okay, so he steals second. The idiot Pirates, they don't hold him on second. So he steals third. And then the Pirates announcers pretty much erupt at that point. They're like, oh, I know what would happen in my day. We'd put a baseball in his hip. And, right, <laughs> so they're, like, super pissed about that, right? And then... 
like to give you like these sort of things happen in Major League Baseball still, right? Like last year, and forgive me if I don't get my names wrong, right? But guys, if you listen to this podcast, you should fact check everything you hear, right? There's a cat that the Orioles have, man named Chance Cisco, and I think he's a catcher, and he's a young guy as well, right? And he sort of did the same thing last year where he wasn't really getting held on base, and he ran on some guys, right, and stole like a base or two. And Brian Dozier, who was with the Twins last year, called him out and was like, hey, man, that's a bullcrap move. Like, you can't do that, and like, you're going to pay for it, right? I'm going to smash your lunch at lunch break. I'm going to smash your Lunchable. And you're not going to have any lunch to eat. And I might pee in your apple juice as well. Like, Brian Dozier was real angry about that. And I was, like, super pissed at Brian Dozier, right? So here's my thing with this, man. Let's start from the top. One, Shayaira Munoz have stole two bases in a seven-run lead when they weren't holding him on. He 100% should have done so while they were not holding him on. Because a few things why he should have stole those bases. One, I get that it's 11-4 to and your team's winning. But if it's like fairly early in the game, like the... Uh, I don't know exactly what inning this... Hold on, I'll tell you what inning it was. Hold that thought. It was the top of the fourth inning. Okay. So it was the top of the fourth inning. When Yairo Munoz, in a seven-run lead, steals second and third base, right? Only the top of the fourth inning. Listen, I've seen a lot of y'all's bullpens out there. And they're not super strong. A seven-run lead isn't safe. There are teams that come back from like nine and ten-run deficits to at least tie the game and if not win the game, okay? So I just don't understand. Like, if if you're mad because your team's getting blown out and the opposing team is stealing bases, let's just have like a ten-run rule in Major League Baseball and let's just stop the game at the fourth inning and just be like, you know what, we quit and you win because that's basically what you say if you're pissed that... The team that's clobbering you is stealing bases. You might as well just quit the game because that's what you've said. Because what, you, what are you saying, right? Like, oh, they got a seven-run lead. Like, why are they trying to, you know, put it on even more? Because we can't win this game. They're going to win this game. That's what that says. It literally says, why are they stealing bases? They're going to win. Then just quit and walk off the field. Just leave, Pittsburgh. Like, and this isn't the players that have said it, but anyone that sort of has that mentality, like... Like, I would respect, here's the thing, man, here's the thing, dude, right, I'm a fan of my team till the day I die, right, so if that's my team getting stolen on, I would probably 100% gripe, but then the next day when I came to, because I was 20 hams beers into, like, the beating, I would just be like, oh, yeah, my team sucks, because that's really the gist of it, man, don't be mad at the guy stealing bases, be mad at your team for just quitting, they're not even holding the guy on, man, were you just going to, like, stop playing now because you're getting beat? You want to cry and take your toys and go home? Like, fine, man. But I don't want that from my team, right? Keep playing the ball game and play hard. Steal your bases, Yairo Munoz, man. And, you know, rack up. I don't even actually know if he gets credited for a stolen base because he wasn't being held on. But <laughs> I, I love stolen bases in baseball, and I think they need to happen more. You guys know my stance on this. If you've heard the podcast, you know I love the stolen base, and I want way more of them, man. So, Yairo, you keep doing you, my man. Let's steal some bases, brother. All right, let's take a little interlude, right, before we get into the next, like, serious subject. Right, so let's go over some MLB standings real quick, man. You got the Yankees, their eight-and-a-half game lead in their division. They're probably going to hold that pretty good. I don't expect anyone to overtake them. You've got the Rays at eight-and-a-half and the Boston Red Sox at nine. And granted, it only takes run one and or one run and one slump, you know, to like sort of coincide. But at a plus nineteen run differential, they're still continuing to pound the ball and they're still missing guys in their lineup. I like where the Yankees are at, man. 
you get into a race with the Central, right? So you got the Minnesota Twins. Right now, they only have a two-game lead on the Indians, you know? But when Trevor Bauer's not throwing temper tantrums and throwing balls over center field, which I don't necessarily have a problem with, right? And the reason why I don't really care about Trevor Bauer throwing a fit is because, like, I want, I've always, always wanted my players to play with just like a crazy amount of motion. And one of the things that makes me, that frustrates me with the Chicago Cubs is outside of Anthony Rizzo. Like when I look at Chris Bryant, I'm like, he looks like he's playing baseball in a library. And well, I mean, that's who Chris is. Like, that's fine. But I, that's why I like guys like Anthony Rizzo more and Bryce Harper more because I like my athletes to show emotion like Michael Jordan on a basketball court, right? Well, I just want fire and drive and determination. And so when I see Trevor Bauer just like just throw a rocket from the mound over the 410 sign in center field in Kansas City, and you know, it made big news because people were like, Trevor Bauer throws a temper tantrum, right? The okay, so here's the thing, man. You know, the only person right to criticize Trevor Bauer is Terry Francona, right? Terry Francona goes out to the mound and he goes, you guys know what I'm talking about here, right? On Sunday, I think it was, Trevor Bauer had just a bomb start against the Kansas City Royals. Like, gave up six earned and like three in the third inning, right? Trevor Bauer had a really bad start against the Royals. And he gave up like a single that scored the Royals like their sixth or seventh run. And Tito was coming to pull him, right? Terry Francona was coming to pull Trevor out of the game. And Trevor was mad. He was heated. And who's not heated when it's 115 degrees outside, right? I'm mad all the time, dude, because I'm sweating in places that I'm not too sure are supposed to produce sweat. Like, I might be dying sometimes. I'm on WebMD just like, hey, like, is this supposed to happen? You know, no, I'm just dying because it's so hot outside. So forgive Trevor if he was a little mad. So obviously, Tito comes out there to pull him. Trevor's super pissed. So he takes the baseball that he has in his hand and just turns around from the pitcher's mound and just throws it over the center field wall, man. And then by the time Tito gets to him, Tito's like, excuse my language, but Tito's like, what the fuck are you doing, man? And <laughs> Trevor like immediately apologizes. He's like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. And... So, and he like almost hugs Tito, then walks out of the game and sits on the bench. And you can tell he just feels so bad, but he was so mad, right? And if you've never done, I mean, am I the only person where I'm just riddled by anger most of the time? Like, I get angry, like, just, like, I downloaded this Solitaire game on my phone where you have to, like, beat Solitaire in four minutes, and I haven't beat it yet, right? I've thrown my phone about five times at this point. I take it very seriously, right? Or I remember when I had a Sega, right? Sega Genesis, probably my favorite console of all time. I would play NBA Live 95 and Madden 95 religiously on that Sega Genesis. And when things wouldn't go my way, I'm not exaggerating. So I had, it was probably like a 20-inch Emerson TV, right? And these are back in the old like tube TV days, right? So that's when you would set your console on top of the TV because the TV was like a foot deep, dude. So you would set your game console on top of the TV. If things would not go my way in NBA Live 95, I kid you not, I would unplug the controller because they were quarter controllers as well, and I would lasso the Sega Genesis controller over my head like I was Luke Perry on eight seconds, and I would slam it into the wall, just repeatedly, lasso slam, lasso slam, just boom, 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 having a Trevor Bauer temper tantrum, and then I would 
take the console, rip it off the top of the TV, any plugs it had, and just throw it on the ground. That was my day. And then I then it was over, man, because I'd lost the game. I would rip everything off of it. And then on top of that, it, there's more. There's always more in a Quentin temper tantrum when he's playing video games. The side of my console TV had a crack in the side of it because I would punch the side of the TV. I would just be like, boom, and I would just punch the side of the TV, man, and I would just have full-on meltdowns, right? That's a video game. So forgive Trevor Bauer, man. I have zero problem with it. It's weird to me that this sort of made news outside of not being funny because I think it's great that he threw a ball like 400 feet. But otherwise, like, it's okay that Trevor did what he did, man, because it's hot and he was mad and he should have beat the Kansas City Royals. And he's mad because his team is two games back of winning the division. You damn right he wants to win, man. So cheers to Trevor Bauer, dude. Have a freaking fit, man. Have some fire. Do what you got to do to go out there and throw strikes. And I love it, man. I want my guys playing with passion, man. Because right now, you got the Cubs that have been a 500 team for a long time. And, I, and you know, for example, Kyle Schwarber hit two home runs. I think on Saturday, right? He hit a grand slam and a three-run home run. And he goes to the dugout. And I'm totally fine with what Kyle Schwarber did. He's going back to the dugout. He's laughing. He's having fun and whatever. But part of me, like, wanted this Michael Jordan drive, like this Michael Jordan fire of just, like, let's go, man. Like, let's get this thing done, dude. And, like, I didn't get it. And I'm like, man, like, that's fine. You know, I'm, I'm 35, right? Like, I watch different athletes growing up, and I understand today's athletes, like, aren't the same, you know, and they function a little differently, and I, I have to be okay with that, but being, like, a sports person that I am, I would love to have, like, more fire in that dugout, like, after hitting a couple grand slams, like, yo, let's go, let's do this thing, man, there's no smile on my face, because we got work to do, that's just a mentality I like, man, you know, and growing up watching Michael Jordan play basketball, man, he's the guy... Who, who said, like, you know, I, I don't take a playoff, you know, I'm not trying to be rested for the end of the season or any of that crap, you know what I mean, like, I'm all out, and that was what Michael Jordan, that's how Michael Jordan played, and that's how he said he played, man, he backed it up, he goes, I don't take plays off, I don't take breaks, I'm not looking to rest myself to the end of the season, I go all out, and... That's what I want to see from my baseball players. I, I really do want to see just like all out of motion. And when I see that, man, those guys tend to be my favorite baseball players, you know? Um, so I like what Bauer did, man. And so the Indians and the Twins, dude, that's going to be a legit race. The White Sox like aren't in the race whatsoever. When you look at the West with the Astros and the Athletics, there's an eight-game deficit there, which is totally beatable. But you would have to count on the Houston Astros like slumping a little bit. But they just got Carlos Correa back last week. And then when you have Verlander and Garrett Cole, you're never going to lose that many games in a row. So I see Oakland. Oakland's just going to have to continue to fight for the wild card spot. So when you look at the American League, Houston and the Yankees are a lock. The NL Central is going to be a fun race. I'm curious to see like if the Cleveland Indians acquire anyone. I know the Minnesota Twins got Sergio Romo. So that's some bullpen help on their end, right? Um the National League's getting fun, dude. The NL's getting fun, right? Um, the NL West is a lock, dude, because the Dodgers have a 14-game lead over the San Francisco Giants, so they could probably not win a game the rest of the year and still win their division. <laughs> I mean, not really, but like they're good, dude. I, the Dodgers have made two World Series in a row, and honest to God, they look primed to make three in a row. And if they, I, I, I'd like to see it, man, because they've 
you know, the past two times they've been, they lost to the Astros and they lost to the Red Sox, right? So they've had to go to the World Series and just face these juggernaut American League teams. And to be honest with you, this year's not any different with the Astros and the Yankees. And plus, you've got to figure, don't think the Red Sox aren't going to power up like uh, Goku on Dragon Ball Z and get some stuff done, right? But I so I'm curious to really see what the Dodgers do, right? And like how far they can push it this year. Um, I I have I don't know if I've picked them to go to the World Series yet, but I mean they obviously have to be your World Series favorites now. Like no matter who you predict to like go to the World Series, the Dodgers I mean are the favorites to go to the World Series because on paper and really right now just by watching them, they're the best team in all of baseball, right? That's what it is. Um, but dude, real interesting in the NL East, man. So you got the Braves, and they're only they only have a four and a half game lead over the Washington Nationals. But Max Scherzer's back on the injured list with he's got like a back strain. They call it a mild back strain, but anytime a pitcher has anything strained, that's a, a sort of a scary deal, man. Because with a pitcher, it's all about like repeating your motion, holding on to your velocity through late in the game, and really you just need to be comfortable on the mound. And I mean, to get Max Scherzer on the injured list cannot be an easy task. He seems like the type of person that would try to pitch if he didn't have an arm. He would just try to figure it out. Like, he would throw it with his nub. You know what I'm saying? And that's just sort of, I feel like, the type of person that Scherzer is. So, for him to go on the injured list, it's got to be pretty serious. But when you've got Anibal Sanchez, Steven Strasburg, and Patrick Corbin, I think they can hold that rotation down. But needless to say, you've got a race in the National League East. But then... You know, the Nationals are four and a half games back of the Braves, but the Phillies are only six games back of the Braves as well. So that's a three-person race right there. And the Phillies just picked up Jason Vargas, who they needed bad because really outside of Aaron Nola, oh, man, the, um, you know, Jake Arrieta, he pitches not very good a lot. Jason Vargas has been pitching a good season. I have him on my fantasy team, so I do reap the rewards of that a lot. And... The I like the offense of the Phillies as well. It's a sucks, man. What hurt Philly is like Andrew McCutcheon going down for sure. But you know that that's a three-team race over there in the NL East. So keep an eye on that because it's going to be huge. But um, you know, actually, we'll talk about the Mets after that because they got Marcus Stroman, and I do have some opinion on that. Okay, the National League Central. Okay, check this out, man. At the beginning of the year, a lot of uh, you know, baseball baseball people were saying that. The NL Central, they're just going to beat the crap out of each other all season long. They were right. They were 100% right. So the Cubs and the Cardinals are dead-ass tied, dude. So they're both 56-win teams. And then you've got the Brewers. They also have 56 wins, but they have two more losses, right? And so the Brewers are only one game back of the Cardinals and Cubs. Like, I don't know what the chances are. Probably not good because all these teams play each other so much. But, I mean, dude, a three-way tie in this division? you got three teams just doing damage right now and that central race is gonna be huge it's gonna go down to the wire we're gonna be watching really great baseball late September in the NL Central I mean and and in the NL East as well but the NL Central bro it is tight so (laughs) that fun division man you know you got the Cubs who I mean they're seemingly like trying to find their way and it's, it's almost, it sort of looks like all three teams in the NL Central are trying to find their way. And it's almost like if they do, right, like one or two of these teams is going to make the postseason. 
But if these NL Central teams find their way, namely like the Cubs and the Cardinals, I like the most because I, I think I like their pitching the most. I really like St. Louis Cardinals bullpen. I love Jack Flaherty. But then the Cubs, you know, Cole Hamels comes back and you got Cole, John Lester. You Darvish is starting to look like kind of like vintage you Darvish, which is a pretty big deal. Starting to, right, dude? He's not like your 2014 like Texas Rangers you Darvish or anything like that. But he's starting to become like a viable pitcher. Kyle Hendricks is a lock. Seven innings, two runs every time he takes the mound, dude. So this is pretty much it. The Brewers obviously have always had like, Starting pitching is a huge question, and they had Brandon Woodruff go down with, like, an oblique thing the other day, so that's not good for the Brewers, but tight divisions, dude. But it gets a little more interesting when you get into the wild card, right? And here's where I want to talk about the Mets and then the Mets getting Marcus Stroman, right? So let me go over your American League wild card really quick. Quick, Cleveland leads that way, right? But in, Cleveland is three games has a three-game lead in the American League wild card, right? And with, like, Corey Kluber's out, right? And I think he's going to come back, but who knows how he's going to be. So it's super important for the Indians not to have to play in a wild card game. But it's almost sort of like that with the Twins as well because neither one of them has, like, this Jacob deGrom, Madison Bumgarner, like, let's shut him down for one game and we're a lock. So that's why that's so much of a big fight over there in the American League Central is because neither of those teams really needs to play an American League wild card. And then, so Oakland has the second wild card spot, and then Tampa Bay is half a game back. And then you've got Boston that's a game back. What I want more than anything, I want the Tampa Bay Rays to make the postseason so bad. They've got Brendan McKay, where if they manage his innings limit, you know, they can do some damage there. They've got ground Chuck, Charlie Morton, who is, was like signed for a two-year, like $20 million contract or 18 or something low. Charlie Morton is a Cy Young candidate right now for the Tampa Bay Rays. Damn, he might as well be an MVP candidate, depending on how you judge the MVP award and how one would vote for it. But I want Tampa Bay to make the postseason so bad. The Oakland A's have made a few additions to their team, but Tampa Bay is half a game out of that right now. And I think if the Tampa Bay Rays get to the postseason, it will be so damn fun to watch. Blake Snell... Just had to have elbow surgery the other day, but he'll be back soon because he had like some bone ligaments or something, right? They had to clean him out of his elbow. But you got Charlie Morton. You've got like the Tampa Bay Rays like doing this opener thing. And then they've always made like these low-key trades where like they pick up guys like Tommy Pham and then they signed Avi Garcia last year. And I, I like the team, man. They, you know, they made the trade when they sent Chris Archer out and got Austin Meadows and... Crap, I forgot who else. Corey Dickerson, I think they got. Um, I don't know, maybe they sent Corey Dickerson away. I'm not too sure, but Austin Meadows bats lead off a lot for the Tampa Bay Rays, dude, and he rakes just like it's October, and there's so many leaves in the front yard, and he's just enjoying his life, just swinging and hitting hits, man. It's a good dude. Yeah, the other guy they got was Tyler Glass now in that Pirates trade where they sent Chris Archer out, but I don't... I think he it says he's going to be out until the end of August. So Tyler Glass now could come back this season, right? So it's just, just so many like low-key trades with these guys. Just smart moves, man. They've got a lot of good players that, you know, maybe you've never heard of. Like Nate Lowe's playing a lot from AAA. Um, Willie Adamas, I hear that name a lot. Brandon Lau, who's currently on the IL. Obviously, like Tommy Pham, I think, is a huge part of this team for sure I mean great athlete dude so I just like I would just be so exciting to see these guys and when you talk about their their starting lineup like you got 
Charlie Morton, a guy named Yanni Chirinos, who has a 3.70 ERA over 121 innings. Blake Snell, who will hopefully be back and like be better, you know. Uh, huge stuff, man. They got guys that can pitch. If Tyler Glass now can come back. You know, it's just this team is so smart, and they do so much with so little. And, you know, having Brendan McKay and maybe being able to manipulate his innings limit for the postseason, maybe use him out of the bullpen. Dude, I just think there's so many storylines. Was this like a true Cinderella team, like sort of like Miracle Met style, you know, where if they can get to the postseason and you've got an offense that can do damage and then you've got sort of Charlie Morton back there who, I mean, in a wild card game, if the Tampa Bay Rays, you know, won the wild card because I don't believe they'll win their division, Charlie Morton comes out and pitches that wild card game, and he can beat anybody. He could put the Twins down. He could put the Indians down. He could put the Red Sox down. As a matter of fact, I'm pretty sure he just put the Red Sox down like a week or so ago. 3-2 victory where he outpitched maybe Chris Sale, if, I, if I'm right. I, I don't recall, so don't take that to the bank. So that's sort of, okay, so that's what your AL wild card looks like, right? Currently in the National League, the Washington Nationals lead the wild card by half a game, right? And that, so they have a better record than the Cubs and the Cardinals. And then the Phillies are a game back of that wild card, and the Brewers are a game back of that wild card. But now what I'm looking at here is the New York Mets are six games back. So the New York Mets, they trade for Marcus Stroman the other day. And my first reaction was, what the heck? Right there, you didn't, I mean, nobody expected Marcus Stroman to go to the Mets. It was sort of like, dude, send him to the Yankees, the Nationals. Like, any team that's going to go to the playoffs and needs a starter, like, send him there. But the Mets, weird stuff happens in New York, right? But let's just get straight to the point, dude. The Mets picked up Marcus Stroman. And if you went to Twitter when that happened, people were pretty much like, oh, my God, I feel sorry for Marcus Stroman. The Mets suck. Even Mets fans were like, we suck. I hope you can get out of here soon. All of these things. And I sat back and looked at it, and I was like, well, the Mets are six games back right now. They have Jacob deGrom, Noah Syndergaard, Zach Wheeler. They just traded Jason Vargas, and they have Marcus Stroman. I'm like, okay. They're only six games back of the wild card, and even evaluators on like MLB Network are saying, I mean, I guess the Mets still think they're in it. Dude, six games, and... What is August 1st is tomorrow. They're only six games back. And when you look at the teams ahead of the Mets, you've got the Diamondbacks, who might sell Robbie Ray. You've got the Giants, who aren't going to hold. They just went on a good run, right? The Giants aren't good, and they're still going to sell. Then you have the Brewers, the Phillies, the Cardinals, Cubs, and the Nationals. None of those teams are these lock them down, shut them down, airtight, we've got our stuff figured out teams. They're just not, right? Max Scherzer just went back on the IL, okay? So you're telling me at August 1st, a six-game deficit puts you out of the race? I was so shocked to see so many people so against the Mets making this move when, you know, a lot of baseball talk are everywhere centers around teams tanking, teams not trying, teams not going for it, right? At the beginning of the 2018 season, I was quick to applaud the San Francisco Giants when they were adding like veterans like McCutcheon and Evan Longoria because I was like, well, hey, man, they're trying. Like, that's what you want out of your team. Like, don't stop. But, you know, put your pedal to the floor, dude. Let's do this thing, right? And so I, I'm a huge fan of what the Mets did. And I've made fun of the Mets in jest, man, about, like, Jason Vargas telling a reporter to effing come at me, bro. And, like, all of those sort of things. Like, Mickey Calloway, like, he's a little crazy dude. Like, 
Edwin Diaz sucks. Robinson Cano's a joke. I cannot believe Brody, the Mets GM, decided to take on five years and $100 million left there for Robinson Cano. For him to bat 240 and hit nine home runs, dude. Holy crap. He's got the offensive capacity of not even Jason Hayward. Like, he hit, he, he doesn't hit as good as Zach Granke. He doesn't hit as good as a lot of pitchers. Robinson Cano's a bum, dude. And there's no way I would have ever made that big of a trade for a guy that just got popped for steroids because I'm like, well, shit, you know a guy that gets popped for his first steroid test gets like 80 games. If you get caught the second time, you're banned for a full year. And then the third time, I think you're banned for life. So a guy that's ran on steroids his whole career, if that's the case with Robinson Cano, there's no way I'm about to pull him to take the remaining of his five-year, $100 million contract because I'm going to be like, well, if he's not taking steroids anymore, he might suck. And what do you get, man? He sucks. But I like what the Mets have done because the the basic point of this thing is you're six games back. The teams in front of you do not have airtight situations. Scherzer on the injured list. The Cubs, kind of a couch on fire on the side of the road. The Cardinals, I mean, their bullpen's good, then their bullpen's not. What's Miles Michaelis doing? I don't really know, but he's not who he was last year. Then you got the Phillies. Arietta sucks, right? Nola, he's like their only good starting pitcher, depending on how Vargas does over there, right? That's what we're going to be at, right? Bryce Harper, Bryce Harper goes on a run. Yeah, he might just dig your grave. And then the Brewers, well, just lost Brandon Woodruff. All, everyone on their team's getting hurt, and they're super volatile over there. And then you got the Giants who are going to sell off, who you can pass. And then you get the Mets, right? With six games back, okay? You have Marcus Stroman, Noah Syndergaard, Jacob deGrom, Zach Wheeler. Bro, I don't know if collectively any team in the National League has four starters that good right now. It's not the Nationals because Scherzer's on the injured list. It sure as hell ain't the Cubs. Right? Who, who else would it be, right? Let me go through these standings. And I just named the four guys. And I know people will tell you that Str that Marcus Stroman is a ground ball pitcher. And statistically, the New York Mets only convert like 70% of ground balls to out. I.e., like their defense sucks butt. Right? It's not good. But it goes beyond like what the data says. Where if you really want to light a fire under your team, bring in a big, bring in a big name. Right, and I know Jacob Degrom and Noah Syndergaard are big names, but when a move like this happens for a team that's sort of like out of control a little bit, I think that lights this new fire within the team because the team is like, "Oh man, they believe in us." Like, shit, maybe we've been hard on ourselves. Like, we got to get our our stuff together, right? We can win. Our team thinks we can win. Our owners think we can win. They just brought in Marcus Stroman, and they're serious, man. We owe it to them to be serious. And when a, when a lot when a when a team-changing thing like that happens, it's going to pump up the team. So I get the defense has been sketchy at best, but you've just improved the whole entire team by bringing Marcus Stroman in. And then other teams you look at in the National League, the Braves, I don't know if the Braves have four starters that are that good. Not the Nationals, not the Phillies, not the Cubs, not the Cardinals, not the Brewers, the Dodgers, the Dodgers. Right. So I don't think... I think I could argue it to a really good point that down the stretch, if the Mets put themselves in a good spot and were going to go to the postseason with those four starters, that the only team that could rival those four starters would be the Dodgers with Kershaw, Bueller, Hinjin, Ryu, Rich Hill. 
And it seems like the Dodgers just have pitching everywhere. Six games, man. That's doable. That's doable, right? When you got guys in the lineup they can hit, like Pete Alonso, Jeff McNeil, Michael Conforto. I mean, the team's not supposed to suck. I mean, they, they sort of do, but, I mean, I've seen weirder things happen in baseball, man. You know, a wild card team, Cardinals team, uh, winning a World Series. You know, you've got... Um, I like the the Miami with the Florida Marlins, like when they won their World Series, I think in 03, like they had to go on a run, you know, towards the end of the year. Um, I know that there was the Toronto Blue Jays in 1987. They had something like an eight game lead, I think, like the last month of the year and just blew it. Right. And so that kind of goes back to like you, you never, you never have a team that has like a six-game wildcard lead and can't blow it because it's been done, right? And one of the things I feel like we love about sports so much is teams sort of doing the unthinkable and overcoming these odds. And, dude, cheers to the Mets for trying it, man, because in a in a world where we get so mad because, you know, sports teams tank, the Mets aren't interested in tanking. They're not interested in a full rebuild. Cheers to it, man. I dig it. Let's go. All right, guys, I'm going to end the podcast there. That's like 33 minutes, so thanks for listening. I'm for real not going to wait two weeks to record another one, so I'll be back soon. But otherwise, thanks for listening to The Greatest Show on Dirt. Quentin is signing off. Enjoy your workday, and we'll see what's going on with baseball. Trade deadline is... Wait, is the trade deadline today? Today's the 30th. How many days are in July? January, February, March, April, May, June, July. There are 31 days in July. So the trade deadline's tomorrow. Okay, we'll probably talk before then, but if I don't talk to you before the trade deadline, we'll unpack this stuff on Thursday and see what happens. So thanks for listening, guys. Okay.